What's up, guys? It's your boy Lance from the Heel Turn Collective, and I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about our sponsor for the show, the Whole Fast Coffee Company. Whole Fast is based in Colorado Springs, and they are a responsibly sourced coffee that they grind in-house. You heard me right, in-house. And right now, if you use the promo code HEELTURN20, you get 20% off your entire basket today over at wholefastcoffeeco.com. So make sure you're helping out a great small local business and your favorite heels, and check out the Whole Fast Coffee Company. And now, for this week's episode. You are listening to the Heel Turn Collective Radio Network. And now, a couple of assholes present the Heel Turn Collective Podcast. You're goddamn right. Only on the Heel Turn Collective Radio Network. Oh, it's going on. It's episode number 38 of the Heel Turn Collective Podcast, brought to you this week, as as we are every week, by the Whole Fast Coffee Company. Go to wholefastcoffeeco.com and use that promo code HEELTURN20 to get 20% off your entire basket today. And with that, let me slide in my favorite co-host, one of my favorite, I should say, Sugar Shane Riley. What's going on, Sugar? First of all, I'm your only co-host for this show, so I don't know who your other favorite co-host could be. Um, uh, I don't know. Maybe our boy Silky J Johnson, my co-host for One with the Undercard. He's not on this show, and you keep Jay. I said my second favorite co-host, not on this show. I just said co-host in general. So, so Silky's your favorite. I get it. Anyway. You know, I'm I'm gonna leave now that, that up to the imagination. Now, now that there's tension on this show, um, mm-hmm. I'm doing good though. Um, I I forgot my, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm a traveling businessman. Um. I forgot I forgot my headphones that I use for every week, my lucky headphones. Um so I had to stop down to the old Walmart and grab a real quick cheap pair, which turned out to be actually nicer than the ones I typically use. Um so check out that glow up first of all. Um mm. but the interesting thing about this Walmart, uh you know the whole like NPC concept of Oh yeah non-playable character dude that walmart was just full of npcs that were just glitching out dude um the like people just like walking into fixtures people like littering like it was just a like a war zone of a walmart but like yeah npcs just be glitching out out there okay so so you were in walmart and actually claimed that you saw a couple of npcs all of them were npcs all of them Okay, well, fair enough. Um, what a wild <laughs> ride we live yeah, as yeah. adults, I suppose. So, <laughs> what about um, you? This is the heel. T- ah, well, look, uh, look, man. Just let me get this out of the way. This is the Heel Turn Collective Podcast, uh, episode thirty-eight. We love that you guys have joined us uh, mm-hmm. for this long. How am I doing? Um, you know, little bit of this, little bit of that. You know, uh, it's it's been brutally cold here. Not it, it excited about yeah, it. It's been wild. I hate I hate winter, man. I really do. Like I think my favorite season has got to be like like fall. I'm a fall guy. I'm a fall spring guy. You give me you give me 65 degrees where I can wear a hoodie, but it's not like for I can wear a hoodie and shorts. I'm okay. Yeah. With it. Yep. You know that. Um, but uh, dude, yeah, yeah, I, don't I know. forgot. So, I forgot that the East Coast winter hurts. Yeah, it's uh, it's not fun. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like it, it's kind of weird because you think. Oh man, I live in the Appalachian Mountain Trail. You know, yeah. you would think that I get more snow in Pennsylvania. I don't think so. I think Ohio has been <laughs> Ohio's been worse to me snow wise. I'm not excited about it. But uh You hate to see it. It's a it's that dumb lake, dude. Yeah, it's that the mistake by the lake. I mean, that's what they call it. So <laughs> um but uh boy, do we got a lot to talk about today. Obviously, we're breaking down the Super Bowl happened mm-hmm. um on Sunday. Uh, there's a lot to talk about with that. Plus uh the Royal Rumble, you know, last week I talked about it a little bit and this week I'm going to vent about it a little bit. Okay. Um and we're going to talk about the NFL awards. Uh mm-hmm. I feel like somebody got robbed. Uh Shane kind of disagrees with me on that, so we'll get into that. Uh, and then, you know, obviously it's the heel of the week, Shane Stradamus. We got it all action packed today. And with that being said, Shane, you ready to rock and roll? Let's ball, baby. Let's talk some shit and get our asses whipped. Let's do this. Right off the bat, Shane, we got to talk about the Super Bowl, man. Now, last week we made our predictions. You said Chiefs 34 24. I said Buccaneers 31 27. It seemed like I had given the Chiefs too much rope, if you will. Uh, the final score of the Super Bowl, 
31 to 9. The Chiefs score zero touchdowns. It's the first time in Patrick Mahomes' career that he never scored a touchdown. So, Shane, after watching this game, which I'm sure you did uh, because your journalistic integrity is on the line, um, watching this game like I know you did, what was your biggest takeaway um, just from the Super Bowl? My biggest takeaway was just like, it just felt like we weren't watching the Chiefs. Um, Yeah. The the combination of things. It feels like, A, we weren't watching the Chiefs, and B, the Buccaneers might might have been the greatest football team I've ever seen play football or, yeah. uh, yesterday. Yeah. Um, I mean, come on. That that's was the, the most complete team I've ever yeah. seen. It's tough because, like, you want to say, like, oh, you know, the, the, the Chiefs stunk it up. But genuinely, that Buccaneers team brought the freaking heat, dude. Yep. Like, <laughs> yep. on, on and it's, every, every facet of the ball, too. Like, unbelievable performance on them. And I even hate saying that. I hate the yeah. fact that I just said all that. But... No, dude, it was, yeah, that was maybe a top three team I've ever seen walk onto a football field yesterday. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, that's my biggest takeaway from it, actually, which is kind of weird because we didn't talk about that, you know, at all. Mm -hmm. My biggest takeaway was I don't think anybody was beating Tampa Bay on Sunday. I don't think any team on the planet was beating them. Because the thing thing I noticed, too, which was interesting because – so, someone I was talking to brought up a good point was somehow the Buccaneers had an underdog mentality. Like, yeah. or, or like, then you like, have fucking Tom Brady like, on your team. Bro. Well, the world, the world painted them as an underdog, which you like looking at it like this, probably the, an equivalent of offensive firepower on the Buccaneers team. A, what a top five defense. Um, Tom Brady under center. Um, an offensive mastermind, a head coach, like how, like how did they get painted as the underdogs in this game? And I, and obviously well, like that's a thing where Tom Brady, especially kind of relishes in being the underdog, especially at the latter yeah. half of his career. Like it was, uh-huh. which is funny. Cause I even said, you know, like, uh, you know, I, I called chiefs, but I mean, it, it felt like everyone like wrote the Buccaneers off. Mm-hmm. which is just wild mm-hmm. to me. That's why I refuse to do it, dude. On this yep. show last week, I said I refuse to do that because, A, I've seen Tom Brady do it against my squad. Mm-hmm. I saw him do it in Super Bowl 51. Yeah. I had I had everything, man. I had the uh, the Super Bowl 51 shirts. Mm-hmm. I had everything you could ever ask for, you know. Mm-hmm. I was ready to, like, take it on. And this guy broke my heart. He yeah. did. The Falcons were up 28-3 at halftime. I don't talk about it out loud in public until right now. <laughs> I'm still hurting from that. I think the organization, the Falcons, I'm not trying to get off subject here. Yeah. I think that loss alone has set the Falcons back Dude, in 10 years. I, I, I agree with that, actually. I you know, actually because agree if, with that. If you look at where they've been since the Super Bowl, you know. Um, so my big another takeaway that I had from this is, is, is a pretty interesting one and a thought that I had – um, when I noticed so many people were jumping on the Patrick Mahomes bandwagon, and, and you know what? Rightfully so. The kid's mm-hmm. got a gun. You know, he obviously he's won an MVP, he's won a Super Bowl. You know, he's shown that he has the goods. But I said, I said right at the beginning of this, I said, watch out because guys like Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees, who have also been heralded as the best in their position, mm-hmm. only have one Super Bowl each. Yeah. Now. I'm sure you can make the argument, well, Patrick Mahomes has Travis Kelsey as Tyreek Hill, and and those guys didn't have that. I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey's almost, like, unfair. He's yeah. uncoverable. Yeah. He had 10 catches in this game for, like, 150 yards. Like, you just can't – Yeah. you can't cap you, – you can't cover him. So, there's just some people that are uncoverable, and I thought everybody in Kansas City was – but Tampa Bay's defensive game plan, and big shout-out to Todd Bowles, yeah. the defensive coordinator over there. God damn, son. I, you want to talk about this? I mean – Todd Bowles I, is going gonna, is gonna to get head head coach dude, attention this offseason because the, of this Super Bowl. I hate – I hate NFL defense. Yeah. I hate it. On Madden, I, I, I suck at it. You know what I mean? And I'm just – I'm not good at schemes and things like that. That was the best defensive scheme yeah. I've ever seen. Well, the thing – there was there was one stat that really stood out to me that like blew me like blew my hair back basically, um, to, or like Mahomes from the the snap to the ball releasing his hand on his dropbacks, 
ran for like 467 yards before the ball left his hand, mm. which is mm-hmm. insane. <laughs> like it is. And the thing, <laughs> the thing about it that I noticed in the game is that Kansas City was dropping a lot of balls they normally don't mm-hmm. drop. Yeah, and. I don't know if it's nerves. Their punter shanked two punts that dude, were just that one punt was like just what, like terrible. a thirty yarder. It, and, dude, and, it was fifteen yards. Yeah, and that was like that was that the one that was like right before uh, um, halftime as well. Yeah, because yeah. he shanked that one like right That's, at the half, and it was just like, well, this game's over. Like that was like yeah. that was that was like, actually the moment where I was like, this game's over. Like, look, Tom Brady can win the game himself. You don't have to help him. Yep, and. When you make a lot of blunders, and the Chiefs came out, and look, they had a ton of penalties, a ton of penalty yards. A lot of those penalties were a little wishy-washy. Mm-hmm. Was not a fan of of, of how flag-happy the refs were. Yeah. But um, I think that the um, when Mike Evans was streaking down the field and the guy tripped him, man, that, that seemed like incidental contact to yeah. me. Um, it was that ball even catchable. Yeah. You know? Same thing with Tyron Matthew when he gets called for it in the end zone on Mike Evans. That ball's like that ball's like, you know, ten feet in the air. Yeah. I'm not I'm not debating whether Mike Evans can jump up and catch it. I'm just saying, like, yeah, it just seems like that ball, when it landed, it was in the seats. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, come on, man. It's, so um, I don't know, dude. It's tough because like the, uh, I wanna say the whole like w- with that point spread, is penalties the difference? Probably not. Um, yeah, but the thing that it, like the, the thing that kind of got me on it was you could tell that the defense was like flustered, like flustered yeah. by penalty. And like, um, yeah, I mean, maybe the penalties themselves didn't kill the game, but I think the frustrations that came from penalties really cost the game. Um, how do you feel? How do you feel about Brady and Matthew barking at each other? I love it. I love it. I'm I love like, that. Man. I, Ugh. I, I'm gonna be honest with you. Coming out of LSU, I was not a big Tyron Matthew fan. Um, I thought he was mm-hmm. kind of annoying. Um, as he's progressed in his career, I actually love him. I love yeah. Tyron Matthew. Um, <laughs> I don't like. Look on this show, we we're always pro shit talk. I yeah, love it. Yep. Like that competitive fire. Because you yep. know what? If I was out on the field, I'd be talking all kinds of shit. <laughs> you know, I would be. Man, yeah. I'd be instigating everything. Yeah. Like. And- well, the cool that's th- the fun of it, man. The cool thing about Matthew is one, he's someone who's good enough who can talk trash to Tom Brady. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. And two, the the cool thing with Tyron Matthew is he's no longer the honey badger to me. Um, yeah. In in a similar sense where, um, where there's Terrell Owens and To, um, there's Honey Badger and Tyron Matthew, and I love that like Matthew kind of hit his stride. Um, especially, which is funny that like um, that he played against BA because I feel like BA had a huge role in him progressing, um, both in play quality and maturity level. Um, yeah, I'm all about that. I'm all about him. Him still, John and Brady. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I, um, so I mean, there's a lot of ways to kind of look at it, you know. Um, but but I think most of all, I think that. Um, what, what I kind of grab from it is all these people are like crowning the chiefs. Um, like all these people are like crowning the chiefs. Were you one of those ones that kind of got sucked into the whole? Cause I don't know, man. Like, I don't know how I feel about it right now. Like I think that law should put fear in a lot of chiefs fans. Don't you? Um, yeah. I mean, the, the thing about it is like they, they, they were down a couple offensive linemen, a couple key offensive linemen, um, so it's tough to like, I don't necessarily want to make that game their brand. Um, because obviously like, you know, the defense that came to play for Tampa Bay combined with, um, the, the missing firepower on that offensive line for the chiefs definitely was just a recipe for disaster. Um, yeah, but yeah. And, and I don't know. Dude. So it's like, tough, like, but, but at so- the same time though, I think that like, um, I think that it does kind of show a couple little dents in the armor for for Kansas City. Um, mm-hmm. Cuz like now I, defenses I th- defenses that- are going to look at that film. Mm-hmm. They're going to look at that film and be like, "Look, this is how you cover this team. You yeah. double Hill, you double Kelsey, and you don't let them get away." Yeah. 
Well, I think the other thing it kind of showed too is like it showed the weaknesses in their defense big time. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because there mean, was a couple, there was a couple times where their their receivers, like penalties aside, were there was a couple times where Gronk was wide open down the seam, like Gronk, Gronk. In, in the man, in man. the Super Bowl with Tom Brady as a quarterback was wide open, like. Um, it's like it was 2000 all over again, yeah, so or I 2010 or whatever. It, it definitely showed a blueprint, like you said, um, for covering the Chiefs. But I think, honestly, it it exposed that they have to do a little bit of work on the defensive side of that ball to really, sure. um, I, to really you know, kind of take that t- that dynasty step. Which I, I, I think that... I still think that they have it, truth be told. Um, yeah, yeah. But... Um, because also, I think there's a, like I don't think that Tampa Bay is going to be a consistent kind of this good of a team. Like I, I like saw some crazy stat that every person, basically every person that made a key play for Tampa Bay wasn't on that team last year. Yeah, um, Antonio Brown, Gronkowski, Brady. You know yep. what I mean? They weren't on the team last year. So it's and um, and even Leonard Fournette. Like yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's tough to tell because I think there's a lot of OGs who are ring chasing a little bit at Tampa Bay, which I'm I'm not saying that that's stupid. Like honestly, like go get it. Like that's sick. Um, so I think with that being the biggest competitor against the Chiefs, I don't know how much of a roadblock that's going to be for them going forward. If that makes sense, like, um, well, I, there's a couple of ways you can kind of break this down. So Brady has come out and said, "I'm coming back to do it next year." Yeah. Gronkowski said that and stuff. I'm actually intrigued by this Buccaneers team. Yeah. With like this chip on their shoulder. Like, I think that's cool. Who, who have like, who have kind of like it. The, the team energy is honestly kind of reminiscent of like peak Austin, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. Like where he's, it's an anti-hero. Yeah. Some people love you. Some people hate you, but yeah. You know, people got to respect it's, it. It's polarizing nonetheless. It's, yeah, it's really, exactly. really <laughs> like, you know, and, that, and that's the thing. Like, uh, you know, when Austin was on TV and of course we're talking about stone cold Steve Austin, yeah. but uh, when he was on TV, man, like he was the anti-hero. Like everyone wanted to do what he was doing to Vince McMahon. Like everybody mm-hmm. wanted to do that to their boss, you know, so yeah. he really resonated. So I, I completely get that. Like Tom Brady is almost like the stone cold Steve Austin. Of, and, and honestly, of I, I think storyline wise on this one i think the buccaneers are austin um and honestly i think the vince mcmahon in the situation is bill belichick if we're being real yeah yeah he's really sticking it to him and now there's reports coming out that like uh the reason brady left is because belichick wasn't going to change the way he does things you know uh no days off things like that and brady's starting to get old man he wants to take a couple of days off here and there yep um I'm still not the biggest fan of Bruce Arians, but uh, look, he got the job done. Yo, um, I, I do have to say this. I was thinking, uh, thinking about this all day today and and like after the game yesterday. Um, the world wanted to just murder Bruce Arians at like week like 14, like 13, 14. Mm-hmm. Everyone wanted to burn him at the stake. Everyone wanted to, you know, send him to, you know, the worst prison ever because, you know, he's holding back Brady. Like, oh, my gosh, like, Bruce Arians is the worst head coach of all time. Like, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Here he is with a chip. <laughs> well, well, look, I mean, <laughs> um, that's one way to look at it. Another way to look at it is, is he there without Tom Brady? And I know you I, can't. Here's the thing I'm going to say about this, and I'm and again I'm I super super respect Brady getting the ring. I super respect everything that happened. This Buccaneers team was set up that they just needed a quarterback that wasn't Jameis Winston. Yeah, like, I mean that's that's def- completely valid. Their defense hasn't changed that much from last year. Um, really, the, the like the big offensive difference or like offensive changes has been AB and Gronk. Um, mm-hmm. obviously Brady, but like. Even if you bring and like Fournette, but even then Fournette's more of like not a bell cow necessarily. It's kind of like a role player, kind of like running back stable sort of thing. Um, really, they just needed a, a quarterback that wasn't going to give the game away. And mind you, Brady didn't give the give the game away, and also like had an elevated elevated playing level. Um, mm-hmm. But like, really, they just needed someone who wasn't going to throw thirty interceptions in a season. <laughs> 
Yeah. Like, I mean, look, because you're right, because he threw 30 interceptions and they still went 7-9. and nine. Yeah. like That should tell you all you need yep. to know about this team, you yeah. know? Um, but look, there's a lot of storylines that come out of this game, mm-hmm. you know? Where do the Chiefs go from here? Yeah. You know, and I get it. Like, they're still the Chiefs. He's still Patrick Mahomes. He's there's, still going to do what he they're does. They're still probably going to be there next year, <laughs> like, if yeah, we're being real. you're right. But, but I'm telling you, man. Teams like Buffalo. Yeah. Now you wonder what would happen if Cleveland got the ball back. Now you wonder what would have happened. Yeah. You know? Would the Browns be in the Super Bowl? Now, I think if the Browns make it to the Super Bowl, the Buccaneers beat them worse than they beat the Chiefs because <laughs> I think that the Chiefs are better than the Browns. But yeah. uh, I'm just saying, like, because now, because now again, when we touched on this a little bit, the Buccaneers are going to come out and go, you know what? You motherfuckers didn't believe in us. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to do it again. Yeah. Just to piss everybody off. And you, Shane, you sit here and tell me right now that Tom Brady doesn't know that everybody loathes him and he loves it. He loves every second of it. Oh, yeah. He's so it's weird. Come I know. On. I know we just compare compared the Buccaneers to a to like an Austin. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. Yeah. But I really honestly kind of see Tom Brady specifically almost as like a Chris Jericho. Yeah. Like yeah, where he knows people hate it. Yeah, he knows they do. But you know what? He doesn't give a shit because he's a winner. Yeah, that's because, all that because he's him. the rated R superstar. Like yeah, that's Edge. But <laughs> well, yeah, that's Edge. That's what I said. Not Chris Jericho ass wipe. <laughs> but um, that's what I said. We're we're gonna talk a lot about Edge later, so <laughs> we'll save it for that. But yeah. uh, but look, coming out of this game, I mean, look, the Buccaneers. That defense looked like nobody was beating them yesterday. Yeah. Um, everybody on that defense, Nandaman yeah. can sue. Um. Their linebacking cord, Levante David, was just out of the, you know, uh, white. Um, he had a huge interception. I think mm-hmm. he should have won MVP, to be honest. Yeah. Tom Brady having five Super Bowl MVPs is almost startling to look at on like a piece yeah. of paper. What, what was that's startling? Do, do you remember the stat that you gave me, uh, like right before the Super Bowl? Do you remember that one? No, I don't. Of do you the, remember that stat? Uh, of the 50 some Super Bowls, uh, Brady is what? Yeah, 18%. So Brady, Brady's been playing in 18%. So check this out. <laughs> of all the Super Bowls in history, there's 55 Super Bowls. Tom Brady's been in 18% of them, and he didn't go to the first one until Super Bowl 36. <laughs> so there were 35 Super Bowls before he even got in the league. Yeah. Super Bowl th- After thir- Super Bowl 36, he's been in 18% of every Super Bowl of all the Super Bowls combined, That's, and he started in 2001. That is literally the most absurd stat I've ever That's heard in my fucking, life. That's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> that is fucking ridiculous. And now there's people out there, there's naysayers. Look, I'm all in on the Tom Brady's greatest of all time. Yeah. We've heard that throughout the last couple of weeks. Yep. As much as Shane would like to disagree with me, I you know, I don't I mean, know how I feel about that okay, tape. But. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll round the corner on this one for journalistic integrity. I'm giving up. Come the, on. I'm giving, I'm giving it up. Goat baby. After what you saw yesterday, is there any doubt in your mind? Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback to ever live. Nope. Not talent wise. Yeah. Not talent wise. No, just sheer will to win. Yeah. He, it's and just being a winner. It's him period. <sighs> That's what I'm saying, man. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, dude. And, and like, it's it. Look, it breaks my heart to say that, but at the same time, Tom Brady is, you know, our Michael Jordan in this generation. Yeah. You know, that's our guy that we're going to remember forever. I watched Tom Brady his entire career. And we're about to talk about the Hall of Fame, and it really fucking depressed me how old we're starting to become. But um, <laughs> I, uh, but Tom Brady is this generation's Michael Jordan. I remember hearing some something somewhere I completely agree with. They said people don't, in sports especially – People don't like to recognize greatness while they're watching it. Mm-hmm. All they all they want to do is like shit all over it, and then yeah. when they're gone, you know, I we're not old enough to remember Jerry Rice in his prime. But my, you know, people have told me people hated Jerry Rice by how good he was. Yeah, people hated Joe Montana by how good he was. Yep. Tom Brady's better than both of those guys. Yeah, like again, not talent wise, but from a few from a pure. Competitor standpoint, would you want any other quarterback with two minutes left to go win the game? No, nope. I wouldn't. Nope. Tom Brady's my guy. Like that's yeah. because he proves it over and over and over. Shane, he's been to ten fucking Super Bowls. He's won seven of them. Yeah. 
How hard is that to like wrap your mind? He's won seven Super Bowls. Put that into, into perspective. Freaking, there are franchises who have only been to, who have only won six. Yeah, exactly. Pittsburgh, like, Dallas. Franchises. You know the Patriots. Franchises. That's hilarious. Franchises Ugh. where that has spanned over decades. Yep. And, yep. Have been to and the thing about it, they put that graphic today on ESPN. I thought it was so funny. It said Tom Brady's won more, um, won more championships in these France every franchise in NFL history. But they had the Patriots right there, and I'm like, bro, he had all six of their rings. Like he has all <laughs> six of them. Like, come on, man. Like that's yeah. fucking that's absurd. Yeah. Like I'm watching this game, and you see like. The thing about Tom Brady that I think that I've witnessed over the last, I'd say the really last couple of years, three to four years, he just makes everybody around him better. Well, here's like, that's and another, another thing I like, I, I read that it was a, it's a very, very good point. This Buccaneers team credit where credit's due. I mean, you, you have to almost make a case that they might be one of the best teams in football history. Um, because assembled, you know, because think of this, they didn't have an off season. Nope. They didn't have an off season. They didn't have any sort of like, um, you know, sort of like team bonding, sort of like any sort of stuff like that. They literally was like, okay, here's going to be an expedited training camp where you're going to have like a week. You're not going to, you're going to have like, you're going to not, you're going to have two preseason games. Okay. Go play 16 games and try and go, try and win a Super Bowl. Like, huh? This team was literally okay. thrown together and they won a Super Bowl. Yeah. So, um, but look, I mean, so there's a lot, there's a lot to kind of break down from all of this. Um, but look, I mean, we're going to be, we're going to be months and months and months without NFL talk. You know, we're, obviously we're going to gear up into the off season and things and it's sad, but you know what? I'm glad that the NFL had a chance to, um, I'm glad the NFL had a chance to, to get through the entire season. Obviously we're big NFL guys. Um, I mean, we talk about other sports on here too, but definitely our hearts lie um, in football. So it's, it's kind of bittersweet, you know, because it's kind of cool to see a new champion crowned. Uh, but at the same time, you know, uh, it's kind of disappointing because the season's over. Um, I will say this one last thing about the, this Buccaneers team. This is the closest you'll get to like an NBA super team with salary cap. Yeah. This is the closest you're going to get to it. Yeah. Because look that Antonio Brown that I saw last night or Sunday night, that's the Antonio Brown I saw in Pittsburgh for like six or seven yeah. years. Yep. The same one. Dude. And and they have him for know? cheap money right now. <laughs> and I hate I hate to say that because I think the guy's a legitimate piece of shit. But look, man, you can't deny what's on the field. Yeah. I think Tyreek Hill's a piece of shit too, personally. Yeah. But you can't deny their talent on the field. Yeah. You know? So um look, it's gonna be interesting. Um, let us know what you think of the Super Bowl. Who you thought you know, if you thought the referees played a uh, part in the ending or not, at Collective Heel, at Rain Shotley on Twitter, let us know what you think. So, um, there was a couple of other things I wanted to touch on, Shano. Um, the uh, NFL awards came out, which I thought was kind of interesting. Obviously, uh, the worst kept secret in the NFL, the MVP, Aaron Rodgers. Or do you, uh, you think that's pretty on par? Yeah, no qualms. He had 48 touchdown passes and five interceptions. Yeah, that's <laughs> an insane ratio. That's an insane ratio. That is, that's, with while really only having one wide receiver. <laughs> like, he actually had 49 and five, Shane. Let me correct you on that. Oh, whoops. He had 49 that's on and five. That's on me. So, so just to put this in perspective, uh, if he would have had one more touchdown pass, he would have threw one interception for every 10 touchdown passes he threw. <laughs> Ridiculous. So, that's look, literally Josh insane. Oh my God. Uh, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, the other two nominees. I feel like Josh Allen got some love there. I didn't think he was going to win. If he, I mean, if, he did, if he didn't hit that kind of like slow spot, like right after the first couple of yeah. games, he, it would, uh-huh. I, I think he would have been right there with Rogers. Yeah, I think so too. And the thing about it is now he has more MVP votes than Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, and Ben Roethlisberger. The Russell Wilson that- and Drew Brees things like is insane to me. I know they have zero. That's zero. Crazy. That's insane to me. Yeah. That's because that just goes to show you that like when you're when you're when you have peaks and valleys during the season, like the guys that win the MVP are good all season. Can can I you also know? kind of say something like uh, this is gonna sound conspiracy theory-ish, but I feel like it kind of shows like how much sway your market has. Like yeah. 
Yeah. Um, cause I, think, the, I don't think you're right. Because the storyline b- behind, you know, Buffalo, Kansas City, uh, Green Bay this year were, were wild. But there's been no, the last couple of years, there's been no storyline behind Seattle or New Orleans. Um, when really both Russell yeah. Wilson and Drew Brees have had MVP caliber years the last couple of years. Like, maybe not necessarily this year from Russell Wilson or, I mean, especially not Drew Brees, but, like, both of those dudes have had MVP caliber years within the last five years. Yeah, I would say that. You know, during Seattle's, to, like, Super Bowl runs, you would think, you know. To at least warrant one vote. Well, if you make that argument, then I got to make the argument for Roethlisberger, who threw for quietly the, the most quiet 5,200 yards in a season I've ever heard in my life. You gotta moving make an on. argument. He didn't get um, one vote. Moving on. Yeah, he didn't get one vote for that. But moving uh, on. anyway, um a <laughs> couple of other ones that were pretty, you know, pretty cut and dry. Uh rookie of the year offensive goes to Justin Herbert, both mm. of them, the Pepsi and the AP. That's uh it. defensive player of the year. Um that went to uh, Chase Young for mm. Washington. I don't think that's really no, a that's, big he's, shock. To he's anybody. gonna be a mainstay. I'm I'm excited to see Washington uh, yeah. build around him. Uh-huh. Um, the Walter Payton Man of the Year was uh, Russell Wilson. You know, well-deserved. Uh, I like that award because it really yep. shows you who's shitty and who isn't. Yeah. Um, you would think, anyway. Yeah. Um, we have uh, the DraftKings Breakout Daily Fantasy Player of the Year. That is actually what it is called. Josh Allen was the winner of that one. <laughs> so is, is that just um, a breakout player? I, like, that's the longest award I've ever heard in my I life. I know. What the fuck, man? <laughs> Can I even fit that on the plaque? But, um, so... <laughs> Uh, a couple of controversial ones, though, Shane. Yeah. Uh, these kind of things are not without controversy. Mm-hmm. So, um, Offensive Player of the Year, Derrick Henry. I think that that is uh, pretty pretty justified. The guy did run for 2,000 yards. Yeah. So, I think that's pretty justified. Although, I could see you giving it to uh, Mahomes or something, you know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I like to spread that wealth around. Defensive Player of the Year is the one you heard the most chirping about. Yeah. Defensive player of the year went to Aaron Donald, mm-hmm. but a lot of people think that TJ Watt had better stats and that he should have got it. Yeah. I tend to agree. I think that TJ Watt got rooked. I do. I think he got jobbed. Um, I think that there's a love affair with Aaron Donald. Now, justifiably so. Yeah. He's one of the most defense the most dominant defensive players I've ever seen. Yeah. Ever. But I mean, you don't need to give him the award. You just assume he's the best defensive lineman in the NFL. Yeah. Just assume that because yeah. he is. You could give him the award every single year. So TJ Watt deserved it this year. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. You know? Wait, bring Like, that point is a, is super, super valid. The thing that um, – because I, I – I lean Aaron Donald solely for the, for the, like, obviously box score and stats are a thing, obviously, but as far Mm -hmm. as game impact is concerned, I I think that Aaron Donald's untouchable, untouchable because, um, that dude's getting triple covered. Literally half of the offensive line is trying to block one human being and still having a bad time. Like, um, imagine being that dominant in anything. Um, so it's like the fact that like, so I like, I literally have these things pulled up here. So TJ Watt, um, I mean, an an unbelievable stack line or stat line. Um, like the big things for, for like, for edge rusher, defensive lineman stuff here. So sacks, um, is, is the big one Mm -hmm. for me. Um, TJ Watt has 15, Aaron Donald 13 and a half. Thinking of of it like that, at most TJ Watt has double team. Aaron Donald had only yeah. a sack and a half less with triple teams flying his way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess you could make the argument if you were going to make the argument for Aaron Donald, he plays a tougher position because he's in, he's the yeah, interior. Yeah. He's line. an interior lineman. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, where it's like, it's with TJ Watt with him rushing, it's a lot easier. Or I, I shouldn't say a lot easier, but like with a tackle, it, it's very mono mono because you're very, you're kind of on mm-hmm. an Island out there. Well, yeah, where it's like yeah. interior line is just like it's more of a gauntlet style. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. Just I in just, the trenches. Yeah. So I like. Yeah. Does T.J. Watt deserve it, or like, I don't know if I if I necessarily can say that he. I feel like it's kind of that. Like I I, I kind of compare it to, the, um, the Meteora versus hybrid theory discussion. Where it's it's kind of hard to say what is the truly best Lincoln Park record because 
they both kind of do a little bit of a different thing where, you know, hybrid theory might have the hits, the bangers on it, but Meteora top to bottom is a masterpiece. It has like the most flow to it. So it's just like, ah, like, um, it's super, super, it's, it's splitting hairs for sure. Um, yeah. But solely, I think I think they're the best two. I think they're the best two defensive players, and then there's a gap between everybody easy, else. Easily, yeah. Um, so this one's tough, and I think I think the big difference on this one is not that TJ Watt doesn't make a difference um, on the game because he does. TJ Watt's a, a, a monster, but that the the difference that Aaron Donald makes solely because of how much the offenses have to scheme around him. Um, I think just puts him in a, in a, in a, in like a level that's just unbelievable, like just not even close. Like, well, so Aaron Donald's won the defensive player of the year three of the last four years. Yeah. Um, that's why, that's why I'm making the case, man. You could give it, you could call it the Aaron Donald reward for Christ's sakes, you know, like, and he's being compared to guys like Lawrence Taylor. I've never heard anyone compared to Lawrence Taylor. Because anyone not, that not watched him told me... Not in our lifetime, yeah, dude. Exactly. And because when you hear t- people talk about Lawrence Taylor, they were legitimately frightened by how good he was. <laughs> like, he was just one of the best defensive players I'll, ever. They said he was everywhere. I'll say the, the thing that I think about is, like, thinking about Aaron Donald, I'll never forget that, that Cowboys game this year. I mm-hmm. literally watched Aaron Donald pick up a slightly overweight Ezekiel Elliott and throw him into the quarterback. And that's like, man, it, and this isn't like he like, this isn't that he threw, um, what like, um, Tariq Cohen or one of the like little scat packs. He threw Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. Into a yeah, quarterback. For sure. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then another thing is dude coming out of the, coming out of the draft, people said he was super undersized too. Yeah. It's like, news uh, to me. Well, Look, if he's undersized and is dominant like that, sign me up yeah. right now. You know, yep. like so. Um, so that was a big one uh, surrounded by controversy. Another one was um, comeback player of the year. It went to Alex Smith. Yeah, got forty nine to fifty votes. That's Somebody not the problem. Won- That's not the problem. Yes. <laughs> one person voted for Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> one person. So no shame. No, it was not. Um, so let's <laughs> lay this out. Let's lay this out. Um. Uh, Alex Smith basically dies almost um, on the verge of death has like what, like 20 or has 19 injuries or in 19 surgeries, something like that. 19 something surgeries wild. had like broke his tibia, like tore a bunch of like he tore, I think three ligaments in his, uh, in his knee. Um, uh-huh. You know, literally was told like, you're never going to walk again. Oh, and then also here's this blood infection. You might die. Um, yeah. Yeah. Ben Roethlisberger, his elbow hurts a little bit, and that. Yeah, warrant, I mean, I guess you could. <laughs> that they start eleven and zero this year. They start eleven and zero this year. But it's not like to me. It's not about necessarily the the wins loss. It's, it's the comeback player of the year. Like, yeah, yeah. And I know that I the NFC least is the worst division in football, but the fact that like, and and I think it was JJ Watt that said it that Aaron's or Alex Smith won that award when he. W- jogged back onto a field before he took his first snap even yeah i mean that's you're you're not wrong you know um just very interesting to see how you know how how mixed reviews it is like Mm -hmm. aaron or alex smith doesn't deserve comeback player of the year dude his leg was like shattered yeah like his (laughs) leg like it was life-threatening how bad his this leg injury so what was it was thiesman that had that super super bad leg injury right yeah this was worse than thiesman literally worse than thiesman like and that's it, disgusting. Yeah, and that ended his career. Yep, you know. So uh, obviously the the medicine is different. Yeah, I was now. I was really about to say shout out to modern medicine on that one. <laughs> yeah, shout out to you know. So um, coach of the year Kevin Stefanski for the Browns. I think that's completely justified. Um, something I kind of wanted to talk to you about though was this Hall of Fame class that got uh, that got all their nods this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alan Fanica, we know him well. He played a lot of years for the Steelers, an offensive guard. He lost a bunch of weight. Did you see him? Yeah, he looks great. Like, he looks, hey, he looks great. great. <laughs> um, John Lynch gone in after a couple of years. You know, I that was a long time. I loved coming. watching I think, him. Yeah, John Lynch yeah, was one of my sure. players growing up. Yep. 
Uh, Peyton Manning, obviously. Um, Drew Pearson, which he played in the 80s. Charles Woodson. The shock to me, and I said it, I said it, I said I was on the fence about it. Megatron gets in. First ballot. So Does that shock you? Um, I don't know if it shocks me. Because his play, his play yeah. warranted first ballot, but you know the accolades was kind of the question mark. The yeah. th- the thing that this does for me though, if Megatron gets in, Stafford's in. It, it might not Ooh. be it might not be a first ballot, but this solidifies that Stafford's oh, yeah. getting in. I think Stafford gets in. Um, yeah. What is the one? What is the one like? Um, what is the one connecting factor between all of these guys getting in this year? Do you know without me telling you? Um, no, tell me. We watched all of them play minus for their the entire the, career. Minus the guy from the 80s. Yeah, that Drew Pearson guy yeah. and Tom Flores. I don't yeah. know who that is. But like Alan Fanica, Calvin that Johnson, wild. John Lynch. That is wild. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. We watched all of these players. Charles Woodson. Peyton Manning, Man. John Lynch, Calvin Johnson, and Alan Fanning. I watched all of them. Yeah. And that's crazy. Calvin Johnson's going to go in the NFL Hall of Fame at 35 years old. He's only 35. Yeah. He is three years older than I am, Shane. Jeez. And he's going to be in the NFL he Hall. Re- did he retire at 30 or 29? Yeah. 30. Jeez. And I think the Hall of Fame committee took into account who he played for. The, and and that's also why I think that they're, they're going to let Stafford in. Or no, I do too because um, I think the, I think what Stafford needs is an NF at least an NFC Championship berth with the Rams. Yeah, which also I think I that th- really I think proves he's going to do it. I like, do too. I think the Rams are going to be the team to beat. I yeah. don't remember. Did we cover that last week? The we uh, Stafford. Golf we did know. Yeah. Um. So uh, interesting. Sent to Detroit. We're also we're going to say this. Um. Uh, you know, condolences again to our friend Rob. Um, yeah. This, Yikes. buddy, you don't deserve this. Um, this nope. Lions team, dude, is just from from a front office. And Rob literally says it in our group chat all the time that they need to sell the team to someone else because this is just getting ridiculous. Um, you texted me about this two days ago or a couple days ago. They, the first, like the first rendition of this trade was straight up Matt Stafford for Aaron Donald. And straight well, look, like, <laughs> look, I know the art of negotiation is start high and go from there. But that's fucking not even high, dude. That's ridiculous. That's, that's, no, that's starting unrealistic is what that is. Like <laughs> this guy, this guy is probably going to be, go, he will go down as one of the greatest defensive linemen ever. Potentially the, and you're going to ship him to Detroit. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> like, you like, know what I mean? Like, no, 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 no. So you get, uh, you get Matt Stafford. Uh, a lot of people think the Lions overpay or uh, the Rams overpaid because they gave they gave uh, the Lions a third this year, two firsts in the next two years, mm-hmm. and then Jared Goff. But you have to you have to offset the amount of Jared Goff's contract. He's yeah. getting paid a hundred million dollars, which means you're not going to have money for anybody yeah. else. So you have to rely on the draft. Well, here's the so th- that's why they did it like that. Here's the thing that's interesting this, with this to me. Um, and why I don't think that this trade is as lopsided as, as lopsided as it looks on paper, um, the Lions, time and time again, have approved have proven that they can't draft to save their lives. And even even if mm-hmm. they do draft someone with talent, they're not going to use it. Um, so, like, even if you give away those fir- those two firsts, um, even not not even including like the seconds, uh, but the two firsts alone. Given the Rams, they're probably going to get make a playoff run, so they're probably going to be getting like a what early twenty mid twenty draft pick. Yeah, uh, to mm-hmm. to the uh, to the lines on that. Um, I like so they're not like they're probably not going to gain any like crazy like um, franchise changing position players through those draft picks. So yeah. really, it's like for for a locked and loaded like Stafford still has has like tread on his tires. Like it, yeah, it's I'd like, say so. You could probably get. I think you can get three to four years of elite play out of Matt yeah, Stafford. Yeah. Yep. Three, three, four years of elite play, and then maybe another like year or two of like more mentorship out of him. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I can get on that. I can. I can. Uh, I can. And, it. But and, like, and really to send. I mean, Jared Goff. Like, I'm the 
the B word is kind of starting to 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 get into my head with with Goff. Uh, I don't know if I'd call him a bust uh, because I mean he has been to a Super Bowl. Maybe I get the, it. Maybe the O word. Overrated? Yeah. I think he's very. I think Jared Goff is one of the most overrated prospects yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah. I, let's be real. You second were, you to were, your boy. Let's be real. You were you or I could have been the quarterback on that team that got to the Super Bowl. Yes. <laughs> Come on now. But uh, I think second, only only second behind your boy Carson Wentz. Who Shane? I'll give you all the credit in the world. As you should. You you called before this season. You said Carson Wentz is not that good. And now Adam Schefter is reporting that Carson Wentz will be traded by the end of the week. Well, did you hear what the rumor is? <laughs> yeah, if he goes to Chicago for Tariq Cohen, I will laugh my you ass. See who else is in that, you see who else is in that deal? No. It's, the thing I saw was Tariq Cohen and Nick Foles. <laughs> oh, for Christ's sakes. Wouldn't that come full circle? And what if he won a Super Bowl with these bastards? This would like, be, you son of this a would bitch. Be, someone brought up a good point I saw on the internet on this one was, this would be the third time that Nick Foles was going to Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Obviously, and Peterson's not there, so it's really going to be up to the test, you know, to kind of see what's going on. So. Yeah. Um, also, wouldn't it be hilarious I, if, if Foles ended up not being on that deal that Carson Wentz could still lose his job to Nick Foles in Chicago? <laughs> yeah. That, that's, a, that, you know, and so, look, I, Carson Wentz in Chicago is just, oh, my God. What a lateral move. Huge. Like, what a lateral oh. move. <laughs> oh, God. You know, I, I first heard lateral move, like, when I was, like, a kid because they said you never want to make lateral moves career-wise. That's absolutely – that's a plateau. You know, <laughs> like, you know? so uh, we're going to have to see how it plays out, though, right? Yeah. My yep. God, man. Um. You know, Shane, before we get out of here and before we bring in Shane Stradamus and all this other shit, kind of wanted to touch on the Royal Rumble a little bit. Uh, I talked about it last week in full detail, uh, and I kind of wanted to touch on, you know, a couple of points that I brought up um, Mm -hmm. or uh, from what I saw from the show. Um, Number one, Drew McIntyre and Goldberg ended up going five minutes, and I think that's totally appropriate. Um, (laughs) Goldberg got his mat. He got his spears in and stuff. He speared Drew McIntyre through the – barricade before the match started there was like five minutes of brawling before the bell rang and then the bell rang and the match went about three minutes with uh McIntyre picking up the win after the Claymore kick I was convinced that they were going to do a title switch and I'm, I'm so happy they didn't for Christ's sakes you're trying to build Drew McIntyre who cares about Goldberg I barely cared about Goldberg when I was 10 years old yeah. you know um the women's Royal Rumble match I thought was won by the right person it was Bianca Belair I picked her to win and she actually won the fucking thing because I'm a genius. Um, but there was a lot of sloppy spots in there. Um, the women were showcased like appropriately, I think. Um, but uh, I just think that uh, I think two Royal Rumbles on one show is a little weird um, because you're going to have two 60 minute matches on a show, you know, so you can't really pad it with anything else, you know. So um, there were a couple of other matches that stood out to me. Kevin Owens and, and Roman, Roman Reigns for the uh, Universal title. Uh, there was a spot, Shane, that I think you would have found particularly piquant uh, towards the end. Um, uh, Kevin Owens handcuffs Roman Reigns to this, like, to this like lighting rig, and Paul Heyman comes out to unlock him, and he can't get it. And it's a last-man-standing match, so the first one who can't answer a 10-count, who can't get to their feet... Um, like, so you can't get to your feet, right? Mm-hmm. So you're trying to count to 10 to count them out. Well, since Paul Heyman couldn't unlock the handcuffs, the referee just stops counting at five. But he wasn't on his feet. Huh. But that's not the spot. And I'm like, bro, bro, Paul Heyman, get up and punch him or something. Knock the referee out, man. Like, well, what are you doing? <laughs> God, I we swear the, to God, this, Shane. This whole, like, in the whole radio world, it's like, you can't have dead silence. Dude, just, you can't have dead I air. Just, I just imagine this moment of, like, Dude, there's a thing that should be happening right now, but the ref isn't doing anything. So there's literally just on live television in front of a million people, just dead air. Like, <laughs> dude, dude, Kevin Owens sold a low blow for six minutes. Sold it. I've seen people get up after that, after being hit in the nuts, just getting right up. He sold it for six minutes because he couldn't get up until the finish. Because the finish was Roman getting unhooked and then putting him in his chokehold. Yeah. Okay, that was the finish. We can't do that if his fucking one of his arms is handcuffed to the thing. Yeah. It took him so long, Shane. <laughs> Let me just break this down for you. 
and let me know how 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 much your head would explode. Six minutes of airtime. Kevin Owens sold that move for six minutes. It took Paul Heyman six minutes to unlock those handcuffs. That's now, an eternity. Is that, is that is that a botch or is that what the storyline actually was? Yeah. No, 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 no. That's a botch. They forgot to hook it on the right side so he couldn't see where to put the key. Oh, my God. So he couldn't see. So improvise. You've been in the wrestling industry long enough. Improvise. Yeah. Just... I Dude, could just see at Vince McMahon head at six minutes run back to the locker room and get some freaking bolt cutters. Jesus like- Christ. <laughs> exactly. Bring bolt cutters with you just in case. You know, like, well, I better bring these out just in case I don't know where the fucking key is. Plus, how quick is that? Bolt cutters done. Hey, he's done. You know, like, don't fuck don't fuck around with the key, man. And so, like, look, I shame. Also, gonna- I just, like, how many keys did he have? Was it just one key? Oh. Well, that's the thing. Like, um, I actually learned because I, I heard somebody review the match and they said that handcuff keys are universal. So you can use any handcuff key on True. any set of handcuffs ever. Yeah. So, and these, are, but these were leg shackles because they were long. They weren't actually yeah. handcuffs. Like they were leg shackles. So like, um, it was just totally botched. Um, and it was also a match where, why don't you just pull a gun out and shoot the guy? Because <laughs> you're hitting him with everything and he's not staying down. Well, also, oh, too, like, the thing I think about this is we don't even need it. Like, I know I said about like, going back to the locker room. There's just, like, garbage all under the ring. Yeah. There's got to be like, something under there. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Come on, man. And so, like, you have, you have, like, so at one point, Kevin Owens puts a forklift as high as it'll go and then jumps off it through a table. Why is that not the finish of the goddamn match? <laughs> Have Roman Reigns move. He hits the table. Nobody survives that, man. That's a hell of a fall. It's like 20 feet. Yeah. Why is that not the ending of the match? Yep. That, to me, is what takes me out of wrestling. Yeah. Come on, dude. Why don't you just get a sledgehammer out and bash his brains in? Because that's what... These dudes are like Frankenstein monsters anymore. Yeah. They just will not stay down. And, and it kind of takes you out of it a little yep. bit. Shane, if I drop you flush on your head, yeah. you're not getting up, man. You're not getting up. I, mean, I would. You know? Oh, yeah. We'd pop right up. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, that was probably my biggest gripe with the show. Uh, the Men's Royal Rumble Edge actually ends up winning, which I don't hate. Um, I picked Big E to win it, um, but I don't hate the fact that Edge won. I know a lot of wrestling fans are, but that's all wrestling fans are, zitty face keyboard warriors. So, yeah. Um, I, you know, they always find something to bitch about. So, um, I think that, uh, I think it's very, very, uh, indicative of where they're at with the company right now, because you're having edge win. who's been in the company for 20 years when you had the opportunity to put somebody younger over a big E, you know, or, or even Seth Rollins winning would have been cool. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how I feel about these veterans winning or being in matches and title matches, man. Like, try to build new stars, you know? A lot of people give AEW guff, but you got to give them credit. They're trying to build somebody new. Yeah. They're trying. And they're paying, staying seven figures to walk out every week and talk for five minutes. I mean, that's the kind of job I want, Shane, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a dream job if we're being real. I mean, come on now. But, uh, <laughs> look, I just wanted to get that out. Uh, the Royal Rumble was good. I mean, I, I sat through the whole thing, which is the first time uh, that I've sat through a WWE pay-per-view in a long time. So, uh, big shout-out. The Royal Rumble is one of my favorite pay-per-views of the year anyway. So, um, I'm actually all right with it. So, um, yeah, Shane, I mean, look, man, uh, you said you you had something to talk yeah, about, buddy. We, Bring it up right now. We got a little bit of a, of a, of a situation on our hands at the moment. Um, Hit me. Our beloved friend Jeff. Um, yeah, yeah. I'd brought, love to get into this real quick. Brought one of the most the psychotic ahead. takes I've ever heard in my entire life. Yep. Um, yep. Trying to. And make- you know what? <laughs> you know what? We're going to dedicate an entire segment to it right now. Yeah. Um, make try to make the case that SpaghettiOs are not soup. And I literally saying that. And I literally just, just don't the- understand how that they wouldn't be soup. Yes. <laughs> well, it's not soup, Shane. It's not soup. What are you talking Spaghetti about? Spaghetti is not soup. What would you, what would you, what would you call, call it then? We, Jeff, our friend Jeff, was making the case that SpaghettiOs is soup. Is a soup. It is not a soup. It is a pasta. It's not a soup. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I, I'm team that, that it is soup. Yes. Yeah. Your team that it is soup, you fucking idiot. Yeah, sorry. But, so, so, 
us people who aren't fucking don't live in Sano land, <laughs> SpaghettiOs is a pasta. How's now, it, but it's pro, it's predominantly like the sauce. Get the fuck out of here! No part of it is soup. No part of it is soup. Have you it had- has a base. Marinara, yes, I've had SpaghettiOs. I grew up poor, Shane. I, I ate SpaghettiOs for a fucking year straight. All right, check this out. You have you have the pasta noodles and you have the sauce. That is a pasta, man. Now, Jeff, people like Jeff you and may, you, you are making it, the argument. It like it's predominantly noodles, though. It is predominantly noodles. So, it's soup, dude. Oh, for Christ's sakes, it is not soup. It is soup. If anything... If anything, it's just really runny tomato oh, sauce. Is is cereal soup? No. Why? Because it's not. That, that because it's count. The, it's the, the base layers. It's no, because the base layer. Okay, Shane, do you put more milk or cereal in the bowl? More milk. Bullshit! Who puts more milk in the fucking bowl like um, a psychopath? <laughs> I do. Um, because it's yeah. Soup. You and Jeffrey Dahmer. You know, <laughs> fucking. I mean, come on, man. It's stupid, like, dude. Hit us up. At Collectifeel, <laughs> at Rain Shiley. Tell him he's a fucking idiot. Please. <laughs> Please do. Spaghetti is not a soup, and it's making me sick. It's okay? soup. Just thinking, look, thinking about spaghetti there's as a more, soup. There's more so- like sauce broth than there is noodle. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, you're my God. You're literally one of the dumbest human beings I've ever met. Um, Shane, I did not start the conversation on the other side of the argument, you idiot. Uh-huh. So, so, well, so, uh, it's soup. Campbell's SpaghettiOs with meatballs are made with O-shaped pasta and a cheesy tomato sauce. What does that sound like to you? Yeah. Not a soup. But pasta is the noodle. Pasta isn't the, the dish. Get the fuck... What is the main part of the dish? Soup. Pasta. It's no, it's it's the sauce. If you take away the sauce, it's literally just noodle it's just noodles. Shane. 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 If you just made spaghetti noodles and didn't put anything on them, it would just be noodles. What makes it spaghetti? The fucking sauce. But we're not talking about spaghetti, we're talking about spaghettios. Different. Spaghetti is the same fucking thing, man. You're killing me with this. Look, I've I haven't been this fired up in a long time. It's pasta. They say it in the description. If it was a soup, they'd be like, hey, it's tomato soup with pasta in it. No, that's not what it is. It's soup. No, it's... Dude, Jeff, you're fucking, I'm, you're Jeff, so- Jeff, I'm with you. It's soup. Oh, my God, Shane. You call me a fucking idiot. You call me an idiot, and you're the one that came into the conversation on the wrong side. Ugh. Ridiculous. <sighs> Ridiculous. But uh, you know what? Like Let's see what... You look, let's see what Shane Stradamus has got to say about this. This motherfucker every single week stiffs us. So maybe this I week. I still don't know what um, you're talking about with this whole thing. Well, you know, just sit back and let the professionals do this. So, um, but you know what? So we're just going to, we're just going to do this, you know, because I, uh, there's a lot I kind of want to get to the bottom of a lot that I kind of, you know, want to see. And I think SpaghettiOs being a soup is going to be one of the most hotly contested and debated things. Um, on this show for a while. So uh, I'm probably going to bring it up to every single guest we have on this show. It'll probably be the first question we ask them. Hey, is spaghetti a like soup? The rest of know? the year, we're just like, we're just r- r- running tally. Yeah, yeah, and we'll see. We'll see at the end of the year, you know. So make sure you get your votes in over on Twitter. But uh, we're going to bring Shane Stradamus in here for those just starting to listen now. Shane Stradamus is the son of a bitch that I bring in here every single week. He makes these hot takes. Uh, not necessarily NFL related, just really anything. It makes these hot takes. And then, uh, you know, it's just, it's kind of wild to me, but this motherfucker never explains himself. So every week, uh, me and everybody listening just waits with bated breath as this guy comes in here. Uh, two weeks ago, he's spouting off something about Pokemon or something. Um, and so uh, even though Shane has no idea what we're about to do, um, let's get into it. So Shane Stradamus, are you here, my friend? You have summoned Shane Stradamus, 
I have, and, uh, you know, the last couple of weeks you've been saying a couple of things, you know, about Pokemon and about uh, the starting quarterback for the Eagles, which is looking like it's going to start coming true and shit. So, you know, without further ado, and there's no need to wait any longer, Shane Stradamus, what's your hot take for the week, my man? Deshaun Watson will retire before he takes another snap as a Houston Texan. Man, that is a that is a brutally hot take. Um, Deshaun Watson, 25 years old, you know, uh, doesn't want to play for the Houston Texans, but they keep bringing him in anyway, um, or they, they they refuse to trade him. So, um, you know, what's kind of some of the reasoning behind that? Do you think that just, you know, he's fed up in Houston, or, or what do you think? I mean, like like, uh, you know, what's your favorite uh, or what's your kind of final take on it? Lance. Wow. All right. You bastard again. Um, that's the first time you've ever um, said my name, though, so I think we're making some uh, progress here. I think that Shane Tradamus knows who I am, so that's good. Um, but again, you know, a hot cold or a hot take just made icy cold by not giving us any direction. But this week, it seems like Deshaun Watson will retire before playing another down with the Houston Texans. Unbelievable. So, um, Shane, what do you think about what Shane Tradamus was saying? Uh, what do you again who and also what was said we've literally just been talking this whole time i like are you okay do you keep blacking out or something i don't know probably i mean it's probably i've been on this keto diet and it's killing me so you know dude i one of those i've heard that like delusions of grandeur are a thing with with the keto diet you know what i also heard about the keto uh i never get enough fucking sleep man last night i went to bed at two and i don't know why (laughs) 2 a.m and i don't know why huh you know, so I look, I'm very pro cannabis. Um, so, you know, sometimes I'll just light up a bowl and then try to fall asleep. That's what I do. Make a challenge um, out of it. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. So, you know what? This isn't about me. This is about us, Shane. Mm. And with that, uh, we're gonna have a little bit of a shorter show today. We're just going to talk about the Super Bowl, kind of get in and out. Next week starts the first episode of the uh, off season, So we should have all kinds of shit action packed for that one. Uh, before we get out of here, though, Shane, like we do every week, it is the heel of the week. It is a group of people mm. again this week. Um, they seem to uh, be be coming and going as they please. Yeah, they're 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 regular they, shoppers at this point. Yes. Um, so the heel of the week this week is, and I don't mean to sound like one of them goddamn liberals, you know, um, but the the heel of the week this week is the entire GOP party. Um, not only for their backtracking now mm-hmm. that Trump is out of office, they're backtracking. They're absolutely running for the hills Frantic now. I never said that. <laughs> Ted Cruz is the biggest fucking pud. He. Oh my god! I I don't even know what to say about that guy. That guy's so slimy. I wouldn't vote for him if he was the only one on the ballot. Like seriously, like this yeah. guy that goatee for is months heinous. and months. Yes, uh, for months and months and months and months, this guy has said that there's been voter fraud, voter fraud, voter fraud, and now that Trump is out of office, what does he say? I never agreed with the pe- president's <gasps> rhetoric. Bullshit. <gasps> Bullshit. Do they know that? Like, like, do do they know that we're in like the 21st century where there's like video and stuff? Like, <laughs> well, they better they better get it quick because um, the GOP party's not doing too swimmingly right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lost the presidency, they lost the house, they lost the Congress, or they lost Congress. I guess that shows you how much about politics that I know. Um, but what I feel like they're they're about to lose another battle where they're trying to you know limit the amount of money that people get in these new stimuluses. And man, I'm just like, yo, we need to get this shit figured out. We need to get it passed. We don't need time for this. We don't have time for this bipartisan bullshit. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're not willing to work here, I'm not going to fight with you. We're just going to fucking do it. Yeah. You know, and I'm all up for debate. And I don't want anybody to think that listens to this show that I'm completely against the GOP because I'm not. Like my boy Shane here. Shane is very liberal, hates Republicans. I am very in the middle. (laughs) I'm very in the middle. But uh, I... um. But there's just been a lot going this week that I'm just not super stoked on. You know, uh, this uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, where the fuck her name is from Georgia. This fucking, this piece of work here. Um, you know, going up to, to survivors of the Parkland shooting, their parents. Hey, this wasn't real. I got to tell you right now, Shane, if my daughter died in a school shooting and somebody came up behind me and told me it was a false flag, I'd probably punch him right in the fucking mm-hmm. nose. You know what I mean? Like, you their want, head you off want me or to something. Beat you? 
come on, man. It'd be Twisted T 2.0. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, give me a fucking break yeah. with this. Which that's but why she's going like, around. It's reoccurringly that, like, it's just a lot of foot and mouth stuff. It's just insane, yeah. dude. Like, the self-awareness like, piece is just nuts. Man, get the fuck. Like, do you not have any self-awareness? Like, for real. And I don't think these people do. Mm-mm. I don't think they have an ounce of fucking shame either, which nope. is a which is a shame in itself. And, and they like have endless way. confidence, which is also that combination of the three is just lethal. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Incompetence. Uh, so the, the three lethal ones: incompetence, no self awareness, and just being an overall dickwad. You know what I mean? Not a good trifecta to have. But everyone in the GOP party, except for, look. Look, man, uh, one of the first episodes of this podcast, we we had our boy, um, we had our boy Jeremy on. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about this Nebraska senator named Ben Sass, mm-hmm. who was making fun of the name Jeremy. And we thought it was really unfunny. And we played the clip and everything. This motherfucker has been standing up against the Republican Party, though. He's been the one. Credit him and Mitt Romney due. have been the credit where credit's look, due. Credit where credit's due. I think he's he, I think he's stupid as fuck and not funny at all. But look, man, you got to stand up for what's right. Yeah. And if making me a liberal means that I care about human rights, then I'll be a liberal every every fucking day. Yep. So, um, yep. Yep. So congratulations to the GOP uh, becoming heels of the week. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess we'll put the uh, the S in parentheses, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but uh, like we said, it's going to be a little bit of a shorter show this week. But uh, next week we'll be kind of back in full force doing what we do. It's the first week of the offseason. Not a lot of NFL things going on, but if there is. You know, you can come here for your number one analysis of everything that happens uh, in the NFL and wrestling and things like that. Um, check out our other show on the Heel Turn Collective Radio Network, One But the Undercard. Me and our boy Silky J. Johnson uh, run through AEW Dynamite every single week. Um, so make sure you check that out. Both shows are sponsored by the Whole Fast Coffee Company. If you go to wholefastcoffeeco.com and use that promo code. What's the promo code, Shane? Heel Turn 20. He'll turn twenty. Uh, you can get twenty percent off your basket today. That's not just uh, that's not just coffee, is it? It ain't. It ain't. Um, you can get some hats. You can get some shirts. Um, you can get oh yeah, some of Rep it, that swag. Yeah, some bottled up sweat of Vincent James Snyder. Um, oh my god. You can get sign some, me up. Yeah, you can get some of a uh, Hayden French's hair. Um, All right. Yeah. That those whole long, mess long of stuff. Locks. Whole mess of stuff. Very. Yeah. Very exciting, very exciting stuff. They are doing some cool shit over there. Um, I know everyone on this show loves um, working with people that we consider our friends, and we love working with small uh, businesses because right now they need our help more than ever. So uh, if you get a minute and you want to try some great coffee that's uh, responsibly sourced and, and just um, – Good for everyone, you know. Just make sure you uh, go to the Whole Fast Coffee Company, um, and then let them know that your favorite heel sent them, and then uh, they'll probably tell you to fuck off, and that's okay. Um, but uh, but yeah, Shane. I mean, other than that, my man, you got anything else to say before we get out of here? No. Um, just yeah, just be be a good person. Not that hard. We'll, we'll, be kind. Yeah, be kind. Rewind. Um, Damn it! You stole my line. I was totally gonna fucking say that. Son of a bitch! You bastard. You bastard. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, fair it do enough. be like that. Yeah, I got you. So, uh, he is Shane Sugar Shane Riley. I am the L A N C E, the man with the plan. And until next week, people, all I can say is take care of yourselves and take care of each other. We'll be back next Monday or next Tuesday, I should say, as we always are. So we hope uh, that you just join us every single week. So mm-hmm. until next week, my friends. Peace out.